You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Keith, cool. <laughs> okay. uh, and we're uh, we're continuing our Fantasia podcast special. We're, cool. Uh, we are sitting down now with three of the actors from Let Me Make You a Martyr, Nico, Sam, and Gore. Uh, so how are you guys doing? Welcome to Montreal. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Man. You guys Thanks. are. It's a little less warm in this room that we're in because the, the that's the thank you. Yeah. A little Lights less what? Off. Yeah. A little less warm? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said a little less Mormon. No. no. <laughs> okay. A little less Mormon now that the Mormons are on. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we're sitting at the uh, where they usually uh, do the film spots. And these when I came in here, it was boiling, as I'm sure you guys must have been yeah. feeling it. Sweating bullets. Yeah. So how are you guys doing? I just like, just in general, like, uh, when did you get in? How were you having fun? Like, gotten just uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. We've gotten a chance to walk around. Sweet. and yeah that's always exciting i was yeah. like whenever whenever i'm like you guys like talk to people and they're like oh we got in like this morning and then it's like media and then your premiere and then you're like and we leave tomorrow and i'm like that sucks like, <laughs> yeah, no we're like, good we got to spend some days. time tomorrow we'll have time now i want to go see a bunch of movies because cool. there's nothing we have to do tomorrow so yeah it's a good yeah. day to be on because like on usually on the weekdays they only run movies from like five to ten so only like two or three in each right. uh each screen, but then on the weekend we get the whole deal. Go see yeah. Did you guys yeah. do anything cool in Montreal while you were uh, while you were here? You just uh, mostly just what you just said before, like picking up posters and <laughs> getting stuff done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah. Uh, the movie. Let me make you a martyr. Your Nico plays Drew Glass. Mm-hmm. Sam, you I play June Glass. June Glass, the adopted sister, sister and lover. And Gore plays Brown. Brown. Yeah. And, and how do you fit in? So they're adopted <laughs> sisters. I, I watched the movie last night. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, sure. Um, I'm, Nico, uh, I'm Nico's. I'm Drew's. Uh, I'm Drew's homie from back in the day, <laughs> and uh, with probably one of the the best intros of the film. Really. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty big. Um, and yeah, I, I think I'm just like one of his homies from back in the day. One of the few people that he can trust and come to. And right. uh, you know, um, I, th- I think that my scenes. The scenes that I'm in, not my scenes, my scenes. <laughs> um, <laughs> bullshit, bullshit, my scenes. Um, I think that the scenes that I am involved in um, are maybe some of the lighter moments of the film. Like it's a couple of the uh, sounds, the first one. Because um, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, when you, I talked about your introduction, I wasn't actually talking about the first one. I was talking about your character's yeah. right. chronological introduction. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, right there at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that's true. Through. That but is yeah, very true. Chronologically speaking, your character's introduction was the one I was talking about. where uh, With the military helmet? Yeah. 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 Uh, with your side business. Yeah. Totally awesome side business. Yeah, yeah. He's a total entrepreneur. Um, I love that word. I know. Now you got it down. (laughs) I've been saying that word all day and fucking it up. That was the first time I got even close. Nailed it. it. Um, But yeah, I think that like those scenes are like maybe some of the lighter ones in the film. It's a very tense film, and I think that you can breathe a little bit in there. You even see like Drew's character kind of like smile and uh, and you know kind of. I, I, yeah, exactly. Drew, Drew, like, kind of is relaxed for, like, the first moment, I think, when he sees his, his old buddy, Brown. Yeah, it's one of the only times you really see your character, like, like kind of relax and breathe. And, and, uh, and because it's, it, it is such an, you know, intense day. Because yeah. it all takes place in one day, and it's a very intense day in, in Drew Glass's yeah. life. Yeah. 
so uh, Nico, I was saying th uh, I was talking about this uh, when we were looking at your your credits and stuff. It was mm -hmm. exciting to see you have broken away from having anarchy in the title of your project. Oh yeah, no, that's part <laughs> of this. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really crazy how that happens. I, I, there's been a couple in incidences throughout jobs that I've done where yeah. I, like I'll I'll be called the same name for a character okay. several <laughs> times, or there's like it's like anarchy is like an ongoing yeah, exactly. theme. I, d I don't know. That seems to work that way for me for some reason. Purge right? anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, holy shit. Uh, so I was looking at, uh, when you were reading on your bio, and you basically have the same background story as my mom. Oh, no way. Weirdly enough, my mom was raised on a Canadian military base. Like, this was in the 50s. Yeah. So, like, very wow. different. But a Canadian military base in Germany, except she didn't stop in Italy, but then also moved to England afterwards. So no way. Yeah. That's funny. This kind of same <laughs> trajectory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. I was like, oh, the military kid background, yeah. I, guess, uh, I guess, growing up. So how was... How did that influence you? I mean, if you're taking a look at the roles that you're generally mm. playing, are usually yeah. uh, like grittier and yeah. darker. Does that do you like draw from like a military no, background? Do you know that, that I think just that like that just the, the the irony of it is that because uh, growing up in that environment, um, right. it, it, I, I actually felt like for me, my childhood felt very very sheltered. You right. know, so in terms of my life experiences before you know 18. Mm -hmm. I'd, I didn't really have that <laughs> that much, yeah, you know, I, I, and I think that was probably why I turned to acting because I, I kind of, you know, I, I, I wanted to understand a bit yeah, more yeah. about life and experiences. Okay. And so I, I was drawn, I was drawn to people who'd lived more than me, you okay. know, and I wanted to know more about that. Um, so I think that kind of pushed me once I left um, high school um, right. and, uh, you know, I was studying dr drama there and I was in England at the time. It just seemed like a natural transition to to go into theater okay. from there, and then I moved to London, and you know that was that was kind of a whole new sort of life experience. Because cool. yeah, just just like looking at the how everything sort of played out, it's just you kind of have that. I don't want to say you're typecast, but like you generally are a badass on screen. Like you're generally oh, kind cool. of like a, you get like that criminal, crooked kind of right. kind of guy. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> but. He just like I was like oh but he grew up on an army base yeah but I grew up band. I mean that but was I was growing up on an army base watching like you know Goodfellas and watching <laughs> like I was you know I was just very I mean I think I don't know if it's a thing with d definitely with young male actors I think initially if you're attracted to like the really gritty roles you right. tend to go for the darker stuff you okay. know you tend you know you tend to kind of be interested in in, in playing. I mean, for me, I was interested in playing stuff that was further from myself and my life right. experience. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think it came from being a big film fan okay. also. So that, yeah, that was, that was going to be my next question. If yeah. it was, like, something that got, like, thrust on you or something that was, yeah. like, those are the roles you were going It was a f being a big film fan, and that was, like, the, f the first genre that I really got into, okay. I think, because, you know, also getting into theater and studying Shakespeare and the Greek tragedies right. and stuff like that, I ended up getting drawn to really, you know, especially in the U.K., really kind of gritty you know, real life sort of dramas, you know right. what I mean? Like, you know, Nil by Mouth and, uh, mm. um, you know, Dead Man's Shoes or okay. Me Shane Meadows. And so I, I, I was really attracted to that kind of work and, cool. and I wanted to try to take that challenge on and see if I could do that as an actor, <laughs> you know? But and that's, that's interesting you said that because, like, uh, Let Me Make You a Martyr kind of is, has that kind of like a classic, like, tragedy yeah, play out, definitely. right? Like the a classic Greek tragedy. It's like almost like, like no no redeeming thing. It's like it's almost like it just keeps getting darker yeah, exactly. and darker. But like the prodigal like son like returning for a story of vengeance on his father who basically like controls the town. Like you're just like mm -hmm. put mm -hmm. people in, in togas and you have a, a Greek tragedy yeah, basically. Like very and, much. And, and, and like one of those, it also has like the tropes of just sort of like 
every person in the film that you encounter is like in some way corrupted mm-hmm. already you know like there is like very like just like little glimpses of redeeming yeah and there's and there's mm-hmm. such little purity in that yeah. world as well you know so it's that's that's part of it as well is like trying to find that yeah exactly the purity. And i mean again then that i guess sort of branches to the relationship with sam's character a lot like in terms she has her skeletons like a lot of them yeah <laughs> going on but you like as a performer i guess you just you had to play this person who like in a lot of ways I think a lot of people would look at if they met June as someone like irredeemable, but you kind of had to play her as like the beacon of light, even though she has a, a shit ton of problems. But like yeah. she's like the the one of the bright spots in the in the film that like that Drew clings to. Mm-hmm. So like was that I guess challenging for you like as a as an actress as a performer, where like because um. you're like I need to play this messed up person, but I need to also like make sure that the audience sees that she's a good messed up person you know i actually didn't think about what the audience was going <laughs> right. to think of her i don't know if you're supposed to or not but <laughs> i didn't think about that um right. i just yeah i mean i was told a little bit about um the actual june and right. and then just the this story mm-hmm. um i can't form a sentence right now but okay. um <laughs> um but yeah, I mean the the short film that we did that led right. to this. Mm-hmm. Um, I technically play the same girl, June Glass, but um, her life went down a very uh, d- the darker of right. the paths that yeah. you could go down. Um, and so it's kind of like six years later, what has become of her? The things that I had a challenge with were um, the choices that she makes. Mm-hmm. Um, whether she's going to, I mean, to choose to continue using drugs instead of taking care of a child, those kind of choices for me as a person, yeah. I I couldn't fathom, but I had to believe it enough to not hate myself. But I, I to me, June is so far gone that she's kind of dead the entire film. Right. Um, so I think the idea of her that, that Drew has when he comes back, I mean... Yeah, that's completely, that's a different person now. Yeah. And I think that's why when we, for, there was a moment when we came together where it just didn't feel like our, it's not a classic love story. When our yeah. characters come together, to me, there's an entire world between us. Like you, we just can't touch actually. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's because so much time has gone by and, and you change and, and yeah, to me, she's kind of a ghost throughout right. the story. That, yeah, that's okay. That, that's super. That's very interesting that you'd say that. Okay. And I mean, that, that's pretty much the read that, that I had when I was watching it, too, where cool. it's like you, uh, or by when I say you, I mean June, uh, June's character uh, was something and then is now another thing. And then Drew's return kind of like wakes that what she was up a little bit. And yeah. Just sort of like it just throws in a whole bunch of questions to be like, like when I, the way I viewed it anyway was just sort of like it puts a lot of like, the whole entire film is basically a play, I think, between like how guilty is someone actually, and how many of their decisions are actually um, are actually they're responsible for. Like how much the responsibility a person bears their decision, and how much of it is related to their yeah. Surroundings. If yeah. you're not forced to reflect, then yeah. you might not even notice what the hell what you're, you're do- becoming. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I thought it was kind of interesting because, uh, especially with uh, like Drew, sort of is kind of showing up to try to make things right. Like, mm-hmm. basically, without kind of giving anything away. 
But then, it, like, if you start to stop and think about it, you're like, how many of these characters are in a worse spot now because he left? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like you're just sort of like, is uh, is Drew's uncle doing as poorly? Is June doing as poorly? Like, if Drew hadn't have gone back, like, yeah, he left to clean up his act and, mm. and figure out what he was doing. But then a lot of other people suffered back home yeah. when he left. So it just sort of like it puts the flip, I think, on Drew's character a lot. Yeah. Like he thinks he's coming back and doing this good thing, but maybe but he could have manned up and stuck around and it would have been better, but we'll never know. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. We'll never find out. So. And that's the thing, again, what's interesting is about his choices in, in trying to um, write, you know, write the wrongs, you mm-hmm. know, and how he chooses to deal with it, you know, and that's that's again an interesting thing it's 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 choices that you make um in life and like you were saying what what is right and wrong and really trying to understand you know rising above your emotions and and you know trying to 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 do the right thing you know when when you've been through such a horrific Mm -hmm. situation you know so yeah (laughs) uh so just i guess overall like um was there anything you guys like found was like particularly trying because i mean i know that like for most of you this is the like it's in the first handful of like productions that you guys have been involved with was this like different from like like shooting something like television or i mean you've shot some smaller stuff like how how did the how was it on on set working with uh, guys like Corey and uh, john like because it was their first feature like was that yeah. i was saying earlier it was like it was really cool because it was their first feature mm-hmm. and they came to it with a really fresh okay. you know perspective and with no kind of um, preconceived ideas right. or agendas in that sense, you know, so they were really open to, yeah, to going where the story took right. took us. It just felt authentic and kind of like everyone was playing together and mm-hmm. and um, collaborating together. Um, it didn't. The I haven't had that much experience, but I've been on sets that just feel like you are hired for the job. Right. You come in, you leave, goodbye. And this is the opposite of that. Right. I mean, we're still, I mean, it's been years now. We just kind of clobbed together. Yeah. And like now, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> we, we have the shackles on pretty yeah. strong by this point. <laughs> I'm sure that, like, yeah. I don't know, if I if I were to ever go and, and make a film, that's 100% the way that I'd want it for. I mean, like, if someone, like, obviously, like, I would hire someone with a particular job in mind, but I'm not just going to be like, you have this one job, and I don't care about any other like talents yeah. or abilities that you yeah. have. I'd be like, no, if like, no, they want to cater the role to you. I mean, yeah. Gore knows that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that they choose people that obviously they're going to trust, and they are going to trust them, mm-hmm. and they can have a good collaborative relationship right. with. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty beautiful. I mean, there wasn't a lot of like. At least for me, there wasn't a whole lot of like, this is how it needs to be played, or this yeah. is how I want you to play it. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, they introduced me to um, a man who uh, the role was loosely based on, right. but they didn't say like, pay attention to this or pay attention to that. It right. was just, it was very like, take what you can, and um, you know, in the context of the scene, we'll um, maybe give some slight adjustments. But it was, it was. It was very trusting. It was it was good. Did you guys uh, are there any like major differences that you brought to you, your characters that were kind of off off book? If you were like, oh, or is there was it mostly as they were written or like? I feel, I feel mm-hmm. like for me, it mostly it was very much how it was written. Like I tried tried to stick um, to the character that mm-hmm. I discussed <coughs> originally with John as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. for me anyway. I don't know. What it was like with you guys? What was the question? If you if you brought something yeah, exactly. different, if there was, if there was something that like you were just sort of like a, yeah, if you brought like a different spin to anything that the, the I feel like we were 
working on it from the earlier stages so yeah. it kind of it couldn't develop into something i didn't believe that the character would do it okay. it just happened yeah pretty it felt good oh cool so you were, you were involved i guess like even in part of the like creation process yeah you guys like went to film so if you're just sort of like if he was like and then someone goes i'm like, like she wouldn't do that yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay so you were like you were one of the driving forces behind it that's cool you said that, like, you changed up Brown a little bit, or, like... Uh, yeah, I mean, I played a different role in the short film, and um, very different character, and I think that uh, they had just kind of hired me right out, and, like, we had done this together, and then I think the closer we got, and the more we experienced together, I got to really know these guys, and they kind of saw maybe some of my kooks or whatever, <laughs> and um, we spent a lot of late nights talking on the phone, John and I in particular, and I think that... I don't think he wrote the role with me in mind or anything, but I, but when he sent me the script, he was like, I want you to really pay attention to Brown yeah, here. Because yeah, yeah. uh, he just kept saying, like, I got something juicy for you. I got some, you know, <laughs> just being really cryptic for like a, a year. And, um, Don't worry, man. Yeah, he's like, it's going to be juicy. I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, what the fuck you got? And then um, <laughs> I trusted him, but, you know, yeah. kind of. And then he uh, sent me the script, and um, I think it was like the first draft of the script. And so I think that he... I think he took from a lot of different places, but I definitely think he knew it was something that, like, he could entrust me with mm-hmm. and uh, that I could really have a good time with. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of, I guess, like, tricky because, I mean, like, both uh, Drew, like, Nico's character is, is very, very driven. Uh, Sam, you're, like, not necessarily driven, but in a way, like, she has, like, she has a bit of a one-track mind throughout mm-hmm. most of it, and they're very, like, driven, serious characters. And then, as you said, your character's, like, as close... I, mean, I don't want to say it's like comedy relief or anything, yeah. but it's as close as the film you gets get, yeah. to like having a funny scene is when, when like <laughs> yeah, I think around, like, Brown's a very hopeful character. I yeah, think exactly. yeah, still like, slightly disturbing though. Yeah, yeah, it's a little disturbing, but yeah, I don't. I think he doesn't see himself that way. I think he's like he has a lot of pride and uh, yeah. and what he would call integrity. Right, and so um, uh, this is driving force. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, he is a good friend too, yeah, exactly. you know, it's which it's is making, loyal. He's making money yeah, loyal. Yeah, like, it's, it's true. Which is like one of the only pers- people. He's in pretty the straight laced, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Given everything that it's he gets an honest up, business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Given everything that every other character in the film is getting up to, you're like one yeah. of the That's most true. like legitimate <laughs> sources of income. It's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Cool. Um, so just to, to wrap things up, we're almost at our 20 minutes. Do you guys have what else? What's next? What are you, uh, what's your next plan? The next thing that um, you've probably seen me in is uh, I did a film with uh, Jennifer Morrison uh, directed it. It's called Sundogs. It was written by Anthony Tim- Timbakas. Okay. And it's a, a beautiful, beautiful script. So I'm really excited to kind of see that when it all comes cool. out. That one's got good actors. I love Allison Janney's in it. I love her. Michael Angrano. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, she's really, such a really genius. Cool. I fucking love her. Um, and the next thing for us, we leave in, I guess, a week. <laughs> Gore and I are, are going with them. Um, back to Tulsa. Back to Tulsa. John wrote a pretty bizarre project. It's called Living the Gimmick, the Great American Unwashed. And it's a, a 10-page treatment, so there is no script. It's like But fully, it's a feature. It's a feature, but it's oh, yeah. fully improv. Um, so it's like a Zen filmmaking thing? Like. We're just... It came about... It came about actually kind of naturally, I guess, yeah, the idea. We've been wanting to do something. And we... The three of us, actually, John, Sam, and I have been talking about doing something mm-hmm. together, uh, something very small scale right. and something fun because, um, 
you know, we're, we're all working on different projects, but um, we just kind of needed to, like, breathe a little bit. And yeah, so, and up, yeah. we actually... You want, like, a, a blow-off that's still, like, pushing you creatively. But yeah. 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 Things. And we went out and we shot some, um, some footage um, about sort of the... Tulsa wrestling scene, oh, wow. which My is the amateur wrestling so scene. So upset that he's not here right now. Yeah, and like, it was um, <laughs> we really, really fell in love there. with it. And yeah. originally, I think we thought we were making a documentary, and then we all realized that we have, um, as much as we respect documentary filmmakers, and we really do, we were like, this is so hard, and <laughs> we don't have it in us. <laughs> so let's just yeah, write something. And cool. so we did. We wrote something, a treatment, and um, uh, we cast a lot of amazing local talent and. Um, and we're looking forward to doing that. Yeah, we have soon. like yeah, we have a pretty like my my co-host who would be here <laughs> normally. Uh, he's like a monstrous wrestling fan. Oh yeah, like he oh. travels all over to the indie stuff. Like we're friends with a bunch of the indie wrestlers in Montreal. And you know, Mr. Nasty. Mr. Nasty. You ever heard of Mr. Nasty? <laughs> no, not okay. Uh, yeah, he's got the signature move. It's called the uh, the booty call. <laughs> <laughs> he jumps in the air and he. Uh, he just smacks the opponent with his ass. It's, pre- it's pretty great. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Montreal wrestler called, like, Sexy Eddie who gets, like, he has two weigh-ins. He's, like, weighs in at, like, 210 plus five pounds of cock meat. Uh-huh. Like, uh, okay. Cock meat? Cock meat. Exactly. He has, Damn, he dude. He has a separate weigh-in, and he's just, like, basically uh, like <laughs> Ridiculous. a Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, it's, it, yeah, as soon as you get into that world of the indie wrestling guys, you're like, holy shit, these guys mm. are insane. Like, they're... You tell, like, just like, soon as, as soon as you mentioned the title, Living the Gimmick, I was like, is this a wrestling thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's kind of now, I guess, the backdrop of the film. Because yeah. there's, yeah. yeah. No, but, but I mean, I mean I, however you guys end up doing it, it's just, if you're drawing from that world, it's such a crazy world of being on the road all the time, mm-hmm. and just getting mm-hmm. hurt all the time. And just like, even if it's not about wrestling, it's just like, the, the guys that do that, like, I've never met one of them who wasn't interesting to talk to. Like, mm-hmm. you yeah. talk to every guy on the scene, and they're just like, Everyone has a story that's like just they're on the road so often and there's yeah. these small little dive bars and they're just getting shit broken over their heads. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. What is your life about? <laughs> all of it, and all of it has been based on and written. Um, everything that's been written has been based on the people that we really met and the yeah, wrestlers yeah. that we interviewed in those yeah. initial sessions. And yeah, so, exactly. um, Steve, do it to it, Cox. You heard of him? He's kind of a famous <laughs> one. Almost you probably know. If these guys had any kind yeah. of a following down in the south and stuff. There's a good chance he would have known it. Okay. Like, I follow it a little bit, but he's like he like lives his stuff. Like half of his road trips with the wife, his wife and stuff, they're just going okay. to wrestling stuff all over the place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he's excited for it. I'm excited for it too. Yeah. It sounds like super fun. If you guys are doing kind of yeah. a, an improv yeah. piece about. I guess that's uh, next weekend. We drive down. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Between now and then, are you like just chilling? Like for the week. Hopefully, get a. Vacation in yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I can only imagine you're like your your premiere, and then to shoot one week later. That's I no think fun. we got to ship out all the shirts from our Let Me Make Your Martyr Kickstarter. Those are going out next oh. week. That's <laughs> what I'll be doing. <laughs> I'll be shipping yeah. out shirts. No, zero days off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen the poster for? The let me make you a martyr. No. Oh, let me make you a martyr. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's designed by French artist Charlotte Delarue. Oh, so that's cool. really is that the yeah. the, draw- the Drawing yeah. The drawing one, yeah, yeah the one's a pencil drawing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. So that's going to be on, I guess, on all the t-shirts, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Quick plug. There's a, yes, Fantasia, yeah. Yeah, there's a Fantasia exposition at one of the museums about movie posters uh, huh. this year. Like, I, oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. I, when good movie posters are, like, my favorite thing. Yeah, the they're movie. great, right? When, yeah. they're, when they're shitty, I'm, like, always bummed out. I'm like, I was like, someone had a chance to, like, yeah. to, to yeah. really do something. Awesome, and then when yeah. they're awesome, I'm like, this is the best. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks so much, dude. This was fun. Thank you.
Hey guys, it's me again. Uh, just a quick reminder, 9to5.cc is a fan-made, fan-supported website. That means we don't have uh, any sort of an advertising budget. The only way we really have to get our name out there is by our fans uh, sharing us, liking us, and supporting us. So if you enjoy uh, what we're doing, um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We're there. Uh, tell your friends that this podcast is happening, then it's a lot of fun. Uh, also, if you like what we're doing, we do have uh, a podcast for the rest of the year, John and I, uh, called 9to5 Entertainment System that we do with the other founders of the sites, uh, Scott and Sophie, and we also have another podcast that we do uh, through the rest of the year called uh, Go Plug Yourself for Myself and Walter J. Ling. Uh, talk to people that have interesting stuff coming up in Montreal. So, uh, once again, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, we're on both of them. Uh, if you see us at the festival, come say hey and uh, keep listening and keep enjoying the show. We're going to try to keep having episodes pretty much on a daily basis. Uh, Fantasia's been so great so far. So, uh, yeah, I'm done. Here we go. Thanks for listening. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. <laughs>